is Everyday Seeker, real talk for the new age, and I'm your host, Rebecca Muir. It's November now, it's Scorpio time, the perfect time of year to plumb the depths of our consciousness or really just to be working with the subconscious. So I, I didn't hadn't planned this initially, but it just works out synchronistically that way that tonight I'm speaking with a beautiful Sagittarian lady that I met some years back in Boston through mutual friends. This is uh, Katie Ciccolini. She's a tarot reader, a certified holistic health counselor, an art and music enthusiast, an ENFP, for those of you familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality type testing. <laughs> I, is that what it's called, Myers-Briggs? Yeah, is it's Myers-Briggs, right? and um, it was, um, it's, it's a test that was kind of set up by Carl Jung's daughters, which we'll get into Carl Jung later, so <laughs> nice. I thought I'd throw that in there. Perfect. So, Katie's an ENFP. She's a stereotypical cat lady. At least that's what she says. And she's a blogger. <laughs> we'll give you her blog spot information at the end as well. Um, and welcome, Katie. We're going to be talking about tarot, and I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, definitely. Me too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great. Well, you started reading when you learned from your grandmother who read regular playing cards. Yeah, um, my grandma, she, on rainy days when we didn't have like a lot to do um, at her house, she didn't have, you know, a lot of toys or anything. She would just have this deck of cards. And um, she was really into astrology. And she was, you know, kind of into like a lot of like esoteric things. Um, but um, a lot of my family were very Christian. So she didn't have actual um, tarot cards, she just had the regular playing cards. But she would, she would sit with me and um, she would say, okay, do you want to read your future? You know, and like, I'd be like, yeah, you know, because like a little kid, that's like the coolest thing ever. Right. It still and, is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so all of the, all of the, um, the cards in a regular deck of playing cards kind of adhere to uh, the suits in the tarot. Right. Um, each... Like, you know how there's like wands, there's cups, swords, and pentacles in the tarot? Mm -hmm. um, the wands are actually, uh, the, um, they're associated with uh, clubs, and cups are hearts, swords are spades, and pentacles are diamonds. Nice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I always can't remember which ones the wands are, so clubs, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's it's kind of neat. Like if if you're someone who's just learning tarot too, like you might want to um, kind of like use the a, you know regular deck of playing cards um, because it will uh, get you um, more acclimated with like memorizing you know the suits and what they mean and things like right. that because you're not looking at the pictures there. You're just this is just the symbols, you know. Right, and then of course you're not dealing with major arcana as well. Um, Right. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should right. de define what that even is. <laughs> <laughs> right. In the tarot, um, there. well, Katie, maybe I'll let you go for it. You know more than I do. Right, right, right. So there's, there's 78 cards in a deck and 22 are the major arcana. And um, they're kind of like, they're the more, um, they're sort of like the more... Uh, 
yeah, the more important cards um, when you're reading and when a lot of major arcana cards fall in your reading, um, it kind of speaks to how intense of an, you know, in, of a reading you're having. Um, sure. And the minor arcana are just kind of like the little um, accents to the major arcana cards. And sometimes, mm. you know, sometimes there's not really all that much going on, you know, and you get like, you know, all just the minor arcana and that's fine because they, they tell their own story. But the major arcana starts with um, the fool and it kind of is, if you look at them all, it kind of is the fool's journey. It kind of like you can lay out a story starting with the fool to the very, very end. And so... Um, that's the, yeah, that's something that's really interesting about the Major Arcana as well. <laughs> right. The Fool's Journey kind of blew my mind when I started to study tarot um, because I'd been sort of reading a little bit with the help of books before that just for myself. And I but I I didn't really get like a great book. The book that I sort of used for the most part later on is uh, Rachel Pollock's Tarot Wisdom. But mm -hmm. she breaks it all down and the fool's journey is like literally a human being's archetypal journey from birth to death. So, right. and I was kind of like, holy crap, like it was really mind blowing. I mean, all these major events, you know, it's like you're born, you go to school, you, you know, you get married, you, you have children, you yeah. know, there's all these like, you know, the lovers, there's all these, yeah. you know, ma like you can think of it for those of you that aren't familiar with the word archetype even as much, you can almost even use the word stereotype. I mean, it's not exactly the same thing, but these are these major rites of passage or events that happen in pretty much everyone's life to one extent or another. And they're all laid out in the major arcana of the tarot. So they're just, you know, it's like you're dealing with a lot of really deep symbolism for the human condition. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, Carl Jung actually, um, and um, it's a little early to be getting into Carl Jung already in, in the conversation, but um, yeah, Carl Jung was a famous psychologist and um, a lot of his, uh, a lot of his theories um, turn out to be uh very um they kind of a lot of the series kind of like uh help you understand how the how the tarot cards work mm. um and archetypes are one of them um there's archetypes and symbols those are both young and then there's also the collective unconscious and um synchronicity which are also young um and the, <laughs> so much fun <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is is that carl young didn't actually he didn't really I mean, he wasn't an expert on tarot. He wasn't really into them all that much. Like he was into divination. He he studied the I Ching and things like that. And he he spoke about tarot like a few times. But um, you know, he didn't have the tarot in mind when he was um, you know making all these um, all these theories uh, that that so perfectly adhere and fit with the tarot and how they work, which is kind of um, synchronicity <laughs> at play. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a whole other can of worms to to open up just the, the way that the tarot works. Um, and I feel like it is a bit mysterious. I like those theories. I haven't really thought too much about it. Um, the archetypal thing really speaks to me only because one of my favorite spiritual teachers, Carolyn Mace, talks a lot about archetypes. Although I she, love her. Yeah, she's like just, she's just 
like absolutely jaw dropping wisdom. She's a fellow Sagittarius. <laughs> well, not a fellow of oh, mine, really? but I didn't for know you, that. yeah, she's totally a Sag. And we just had a little bit of technical difficulties, so we just rebooted <laughs> the call. So we're good. We're gonna jump back in here with Carolyn Mace, um, just talking about archetypes. And so I really, that really has been a big thing for me when I look at the tarot um, from that standpoint. But I'm not familiar with the other theories on how that works. Um, Just to say a little bit about the archetypes though. Um, Carolyn talks about how all of life sort of plays out archetypally. And it's, it's a tool that we can use to look at life symbolically so that we get clarity on who we are and what we're dealing with. So for example, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the archetypes she would talk about a lot would be the victim, for example. And she says, we Mm -hmm. all have that archetype that we play or we all um, play that archetype out sometimes in our lives in some ways. And so if we can see that clearly, we can get a, you know, a deeper understanding of what's going on and become more empowered on how to best move forward, I suppose. And so when you're working with the tarot and especially the major arcana where you're looking at these different archetypes, it's just getting a kind of like a clearer picture of the very basic energy patterns that are playing out. At least this is one way to look at it. Um, there are other ways you can look at it. So Katie, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because um, what you just said about um, and seeing the archetypes played out enough um, and then, you know, uh, finding ways to stop or start being more, more like in our good, you know, a positive archetype and less like a you know negative sort of type. Um, that's that's what I use the cards for is to gain like personal understanding and to um, you know work out problems um, by using the symbolism and the and the archetypes that you see in the cards. Um, that you know, depending on which um, which spread you're using they're telling a story and I'm finding the patterns and I'm kind of seeing, you know, what my patterns are, which, um, uh, which basically everybody is aware of their own patterns, just kind of more on a subconscious level most of the time. Mm -hmm. So when you're putting the cards in front of you, you're bringing all that subconscious information to the forefront of your mind and becoming conscious of it. And a lot of times, uh, people are, are, are either scared or just amazed by this because they think that the cards are, you know, magical. Um, how do they know me? You know, like what? Do they, <laughs> how do they know all this? Right. And it's you know, what it is is just um, a lot of people don't spend a lot of time in their in their uh, you know in the unconscious uh, subconscious part of their you know being. So they're surprised at what they find there. No kidding. You know, a lot of the time, it's funny, I had a friend once, or I, well, she's still my friend, and she has said that the, the cards show her her feelings. I thought that right. was like a really just basic, wonderful way of saying it. For me, that's been that true, a- especially if it's something you don't want to see. <laughs> yep. I'm yep, like, that damn it, why does this card keep coming up? You know, blah, 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 right? And it's like, I don't get it, yeah. I don't get it, but it will keep coming up over and over again. So, yeah. yeah, that's actually, um, 
I know uh, you had mentioned before about bringing up my tattoo. Right. Um, actually, that is the beginning of that story is that <laughs> I kept getting this card and I'm like, what is this? Like, why is it so, I mean, and it looks, it looks kind of like a, you know, looks kind of like a bummer card, you know? It's it a, is a bummer um, card. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is because I've gotten it enough times um, Yeah, I mean, it, it can be. I guess you're um, right. But, um, you know, there are, all right, so first, first, let me say there are so many different decks and everyone has to kind of find their own deck. Um, what I'm getting at here is that the deck that kind of turned it around for me um, and made me uh, really love the Three of Swords was my Aquarian Tarot deck. Oh my God. And Wow. Yeah, I found the book first. I found the book on the Aquarian Tarot deck um, at a used bookstore. And um, I started, you know, it was one of my first tarot books. Um, but, uh, it, you know, the, car the images didn't look like the regular Rider weight. And um, so I finally, you know, I, I went on this mad search for, like, the actual deck. And I finally found it. Um, and that's what I pretty much used it. Um, the explanation in in that book for the Three of Swords is a lot less um, <laughs> damning <laughs> than than what you know what you normally get <laughs> from from most books. Um, what it is in in the Aquarian Tarot is it's basically saying that like like yeah you have some challenges you know that you have to deal with. Um, and, you know, hence the three of swords that are stuck into the heart um, and, you know, the kind of cloudy, rainy background, uh, you know, storms are brewing and things like that. Um, but with uh, with this description that I read, it was saying that, like, yeah, you go through a lot, but because of those things, you you come out stronger for right. them. And the heart is not cut into a million pieces. It is still intact. And it might have some, you know, some swords in it, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's stronger. Wow. Them. I haven't actually, I like that, that you're like, well, the heart is still in one piece, you know? So for, mm -hmm. for those of you that aren't familiar, the Rider weight deck is sort of like the basic deck that is, that people often will learn the, the most traditional symbolism from in, in tarot. Mm -hmm. And, um, the Three of Swords is a minor arcana card, so it's not from the Fool's Journey. It's not one of the major life event cards, although it, I suppose it could be, but it's, you know, in terms of it. So it's a minor arcana. It's typically viewed as being more of an everyday event thing, but it's it's a picture of a big red heart with three swords piercing through it, and I think there's, <laughs> I think there's like, rainstorm clouds above it, as you just said. So mm -hmm. I remember getting that card a lot, Um after I had broken up with somebody that I was really in love with in college. And for months and months and months after we broke up, I mean, probably a, a year after we broke up, I would get that card every time I <laughs> did mm -hmm. a reading. And I was just like, wow, because I didn't, you know, I was like trying to get over it, you know. Mm -hmm. But I just wasn't, um, I, I was trying to be positive. Uh, but when I would get that card, it would really show me, the truth of how I was really still feeling, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So that was kind of interesting. And, and for you, so you would get that card a lot, huh? You wound up getting it tattooed well, on your chest. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually, I went through, I went through um, 
a, a few years where just horrible things just kept happening to me. Like one of the horrible things, um, for an example, is that I got very, very sick. Um, right. And um, I actually, I almost died uh, from an autoimmune disease. And this card was hanging out with me that whole time. And I was just like, go away. Like, I'm done with all the challenges. Can I like, <laughs> can I, can I get some wands up in my, can I get some here? wands? <laughs> you know, I, I need my fire. And, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So some magical wand power up in here. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, after going through everything with, with the illness and coming out, the other end. Um, and I'm fine now. I'm well. Incredible. I mean, you've done a lot to heal yourself, but yeah. Um, but the, you know, just coming out of all that. And plus there was, there was a bunch of other things in the, in the course of like probably about three years, which is (laughs) corresponds to the number three in the card. Wow. Um, the symbolism. I didn't even mean to do that. That was, uh, so yeah, for about, about three years, things were just really tough and it was, oh, it was the one thing after another. And so, um, when my best friend became a tattoo artist, um, her first tattoo that she did on someone other than herself was on me. And it was the three of swords, um, tattoo on my chest. I love that tattoo on you. Like I really do. I, I mean, it's one of the, how long ago did you get it? I was probably, I was like 25, so about five years ago. Right. So, I mean, has it, how do you feel about it now? Has it just grown on you and it's a part of you or you still oh, love yeah. it? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, people ask me if I'm going to color it in and like all this crazy stuff and I'm like, no, I kind of just, <laughs> I like it the way it is. I don't. It has an energy, but it's a good energy. Um, I know I'm now I'm just going off onto, you know, we have an outline, right? Of course, I'm like not following it because something's occurring to me in the moment. So I want to point out for the listeners that these different suits, the four suits of a regular deck of playing cards, or if you pick up a a tarot deck, you have the cups, the pentacles, um, the swords and the, the wands. They all sort they represent the four elements. So yep. and I'm a big astrology person. So. I like to think that way and I feel like each element is an archetype as well. So water is more emotions and yep. receptivity. Mm-hmm. Um, earth it, or pent- pentacles are earth, um, yep. the, the material world. Um, wands are inspiration and energy and I, I don't know if, if you would throw another adjective in there. I just think of them as like the life force, um, pure wands? power. Um what? I would say, um, I would say wands have a lot to do with, uh, desire and like mm. pushing yourself, like not desire for someone else, but desire for a better you almost, you know, motivation, um, inspiration, yeah. passion, passion, uh, mm, energy. Yes. energy, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then swords, which are, um, associated with air, mm-hmm. um, and the intellect and the realm of the mind. And so that that's the funny thing about that three of swords card is that, it's like the it's the heartache card, but it's swords, which is mental anguish. So I'm I don't know. I'm just curious about your take on that. I never really thought about it until right now, but it just struck me because that to me is like an emotional pain, but mm-hmm. it's mental anguish as well. It's just it's interesting to me that the heartache card would be swords, which is air, which is mind. Right, and 
see the thing about um, the thing about the swords is, and a lot of people they like to kind of um, uh, focus on how the swords are all about like challenges and like you know difficulty and struggle and things like that. But like at the same time, you draw strength from your swords. You know, like they're what's leading you into battle. If you look at the the um, Knight of Swords um, in the Rider Waite deck, he's you know he's head first, yeah. kind of going like right at whatever it is that's coming. If you look at the Queen of Swords, she's the only queen with one hand up in front of her, kind of like saying like, "All right, bring it." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every time I get her, I get bummed out. I'm like, oh. I love her. <laughs> I mean, I think she's really powerful. I think it's more just that, like, I'm always hoping I'm going to get the Queen of Cups or something, you know. Um, the Queen of Cups is so wishy-washy, though. <laughs> I mean, um, I forgot. What's your sign again? I'm a double Aries. I am all fire. My whole oh, chart okay. is fire and air, so. I can see why you would want to reach for the cups. Right. I'm looking for, you know, the, I'm looking for the other things, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, mm -hmm. but I feel like there's also um, the queen of the queen of swords. It's usually like um, it's somebody that's really um, got a strong mind, um, mm -hmm. and often in the interpretations I've read of that card, it's somebody that has overcome a lot of difficulty and a lot of challenge, or rather has to. So I suppose like part of me cringes a little bit when she comes up I'm like oh gosh does this mean you know <laughs> well the, no not necessarily the thing is the thing about the queen of swords and the way that I look at her is first of all she's sitting down like she's not you know even though she has her hand up like all right you know and she has her her swords pointed up she's not like you know she's not running towards anything she's sitting calmly she's got a butterfly on her chair if you've ever noticed no, I didn't um notice. yeah she, <laughs> she has um she has symbols of air kind of all around her mm -hmm. and there's definitely clouds behind her um but she's um the way that i view her is more of a like um of like a you're ready for whatever is coming you know, like huh. if you got, if you have something, if you've got like the tower card next to you, you want the queen of swords on your, on your side. You don't want the queen of cups. <laughs> like, right. No, exactly. You know? That's so true. That's so true. I love this conversation. I feel like I'm learning so much from you right now. That's amazing. <laughs> I like that you awesome. pointed out the butterfly too, because that's a symbol for transformation. And yeah. because it's a winged animal, it's still, um, or bug it's not a bug but it's flying through the air and swords are air so mm -hmm. I always just see these little connections here yeah gosh right. I've gone I've gone totally way off of um <laughs> what we had planned to talk on that was that was a nice little tangent um but okay so there, there's a history of tarot we don't really know where tarot comes from some people say that they do there's a lot of conflicting opinions um, oh, where the tarot comes from. About yeah, where it that's, comes from. Um, you know, the history of the tarot is something that, like, I sometimes um, will briefly touch upon when I'm talking to somebody about it that doesn't really, that hasn't really studied a lot on their own. Like, I'll, you know, I'll point out, like, a few of the more um, interesting theories, but um, I don't really hang on it too much because uh, it's such a huge topic. Everyone fights about it. It's, yeah. not, it's like, you know, historians are still puzzled about it. It's kind of, um, 
and and in the end it kind of doesn't even matter because it's I mean it matters it's it's interesting to 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 um to study but um you know it's the his, the history or the myths um you know whether or not they're um accurate uh doesn't isn't the thing that kind of like gives the tarot their power it's kind of more like their you know their comprehensive universal nature um and the way that they um you know can you know uh cross uh language barriers and things like that like it's yes exactly Mm -hmm. I would totally agree with that um but agree with that but to um but to come back to the history of the tarot um there is one theory where it's that I think is really interesting and that's that um the major arcana cards were found were first found in the like deep in the bowels of the Egyptian Sphinx. Wow. And nobody has been able to prove that because the Egyptian government will not allow anybody to go into the Egyptian Sphinx, which oh I God. think is very funny. Um, but, you know, if, if, that, if that was true, can you imagine? I mean, uh, I, the implications for that are just mm-hmm. like, I don't even know where to start, but... I mean, again, it doesn't really matter to me where they come, where it comes from initially in the sense that I feel like it's a very powerful tool um, that we can use to have for guidance in life. But I have a great respect for um, Egyptian culture and that's a whole other episode, just Egypt. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> that's like a whole other episode of like how the pyramids came to be and what they actually are aliens and god only knows what else people are saying right but wow yeah the yeah the history of the tarot could be a whole (laughs) yeah could be a whole other episode too because like i mean that it's uh, it's kind of all over the place but well that's okay we don't have to go too crazy i just wanted to touch on it that we're saying in terms of the tarot as they are now nobody really knows where they where the cards came from and there are so many different systems i mean the rider weight being, I suppose, the most standard one that people tend to learn with now. But there's the, is it Thoth or Toth? That's the like the Egyptian one that some people say that's I've, the real one. And I've heard people use both um, right. pronunciations. Right. I'm like, I don't know um, how to say it, but so there's anyway, there, there's that. There's Explore. tons of different kinds of decks. There's tons of different kinds of decks, and like it. I mean, like I was saying before, like you pick the one that kind of speaks, you know, to you the most. Mm-hmm. Um, did you learn on? Uh, well, you learned on playing cards, but what was your your first deck? Uh, did you learn on Rider Waite? I started learning on Rider Waite, and then I found that book with the Aquarian mm-hmm. Tarot, and right. then I started using those, and um, they were just. Uh, they're kind of. Um, I don't know. They're kind of, the Aquarian Tarot is kind of a simpler version, if you could even simplify the um, rider weight anymore. <laughs> right. um, the 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 illustrator kind of uses uh, certain symbols um, throughout the deck uh, to kind of like remind you, like, okay, this is past, this is future, this is um, something that's you know static or you know. Yeah. Uh, I learned on the Rider Waite as well, but I'm really interested in um, checking out this Aquarian Tarot as well. Although right now I have two decks that I like. One is the Botticelli. Um, it's just beautiful artwork. Um, and another one is the Morgan Greer that I've, I've seen quite a bit, actually. I've seen a, quite a few people using the Morgan Greer. And it does deviate. I mean, the general archetypes are the same. 
but you know the artwork uh, does deviate some of the pictures deviate so then of course what you're seeing in the card could be different as well um, just like a little bit of a different spin on it and I don't think that's necessarily mm-hmm. an accident either I think that you come to no. the decks that you need um, that have the right. symbolism that's right for you at least that's my personal theory it is yeah that's how I feel too and um, yeah I also wanted to um, talk a little bit about like how um, people kind of view the the tarot cards as uh, I don't know like some some religious people think that they're of the devil and like some people think that they're you know only psychics can use them or um, mm. or or they think that you know if you read cards that you're claiming that you're psychic and such I a mean stigma no matter what you you know there's just there's a lot of stigma and fear around the tarot. right mm-hmm. and I think a lot of I think a lot of like the religious especially the religious um, fear comes from the fact that there is a devil card I mean, yeah, and a death <laughs> card and mm-hmm. and just the idea that this is a divination tool or rather it can be a divination tool. There's a lot more that you can do with it, which we're going to get into in a minute. But as a divination tool, someone that's looking for guidance and potential things that the f- ways the future can unfold a lot of the time, um, you know, <laughs> religious people see that as sort of blasphemous in some ways um, yeah and it's really too bad because it puts like this like dark light on something that is so helpful um, you know when you're using them to um, to gain perspective on your mm-hmm. life or um, when you're using them to learn more about somebody else like I I love doing readings for uh, people that I've just met um, you know because it you you then form like this immediate bond with them and you know a little bit more about them than um, maybe even some of their best friends, you know, right off the bat. It's like, it's like, Hey, like I, you know, you just had this, you just shared this, this wow. time together, like meditating on like their, you know, their life. And, um, I just love learning about people in general. So, I mean, I'm, that's part of the ENFP thing. It but. is. I'm, t- I'm also <laughs> an ENFP actually. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up, sister? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's-, it's funny. It seems like you're using, you know, tarot the same way that I use an astrology chart. Because yep. when I meet people now, it's all I can do to restrain myself from being like, what's your sun, moon, and rising? You know, what time are you born? I don't want to be yeah. that creepy person, you know. But I'm like, I feel like it's it really helps me because I'm seeing, again, astrology is just archetypes as well it's the same thing and it doesn't matter if you use astrology or tarot or something else Um, you know yeah astrology is astrology was actually probably my first love before tarot so I actually do the same thing that you do I'm like it's fine (laughs) I'm like hi correspondences with the tarot yeah oh there are correspondences and um yeah I was just saying like I always introduce myself to people that know astrology I'm like, yeah, I'm a Sagittarius with an Aquarius uh, rising and a Pisces moon. And, like, and when you put that in the email, I so appreciated that, actually. <laughs> I was like, God, yes, I love it because now I know what I'm dealing with, right? So, right, right, right. Yeah, and FYI, I'm a double Aries with a Leo moon, so now you know. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a lot of fire, right? That is a lot. It's That's a awesome. lot. You have a nice balance there with the uh, Pisces water, and it's, an inter- it's interesting times right now now for you with Neptune and in Pisces um yeah I yeah. um and I Saturn in Sagittarius my god 
I, yeah, I just, I saw that this morning um, when yeah. I was, when I was looking at the, the prospects for the day. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do, I do use the cards just like you use astrology. And it's funny that we are both ENFPs because we do like to, you know, learn about, um, like really get to like the, uh, the core of who um, someone is. And uh, both tools are great for that, you know, like it, yeah. they go, they go much further past the surface, you know, than, um, you know, what sports teams do you like when, right. <laughs> what's your favorite I mean, color? There's nothing wrong with that, but yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely, I'd rather talk about this for the most Me part too. as well. Yeah. Um, one thing <laughs> that I suppose I do want to say is that even when you spoke about the stigma, I feel like even in the new age community, sometimes you run into people, like I worked for a while with a very gifted healer. And she's very, very gifted. Uh, To this day, I have tremendous respect for her and the work she does. And because of that, I actually had a hard time because she told me that I needed to be careful with tarot Um, and that somehow, like, different spirits or entities can use that as sort of a portal to affect your energy or they can influence the outcome of readings. Um, You need to say a prayer Mm. to make sure that you're asking for protection from negative things that can harm you. I mean, it was like, I actually really struggled with that for a little while because I'm very Mm -hmm. drawn to the cards, but every time I picked them up, I was paranoid. You know, I was just like, am I, do I need to say this big long prayer and please let this be for the highest good only and let no negative entities or influences influence this reading with their own agenda? You know, it's like, I was just not able to really enjoy, you know, using the cards. And then after a while, I couldn't, I just couldn't stay away from them. Like I'd put them away and then I would come back to them, Yeah. you know, later and then I would get paranoid and put them or I'd get do a reading for myself and get something I didn't you know I'd get the three of swords and like the nine of swords or you know <laughs> stuff and I'd be like damn it you know I don't want to deal with this and but I'd always come back to the cards and so finally I have said to myself like made some sort of peace where I'm just like you know obviously I'm drawn to this and at one point I just said to myself if there is anything negative it's something I've got to find out about for myself I can't stay away from this just because somebody else told me not to and since speaking with you even in particular I feel like I've gotten a new spin on it and I don't currently believe that these are a negative tool obviously I'm doing a podcast about it I think they're (laughs) I think that they're um they're a profound tool for guidance um and there's a great deal of potential and there's so many ways i mean it's like literally like just a rabbit hole of where you can go with Mm -hmm. this stuff but what would you say about that you know that whole experience i had about have you heard people talk about that about you know spirits being able to influence the readings and i mean what do you think about all that stuff um well actually like when i was when i was talking about how my grandmother used the um you know, the regular playing deck because of the um, family members that I have that were Christian, um, I had a similar experience because I felt like I was um, possibly, uh, you know, doing something naughty when I was when I was using the, the regular tarot cards. Um, what got me past that sort of was realizing that, um, you know, if, if you have negativity inside of you, like that's going to come out somehow. Oh, I see. You know, and if, right. And then what you said about the spirits like 
getting involved. Um, I highly doubt that any spirit would have any power over a, you know, um, a double Aries Leo. <laughs> right. Well, okay. So what you just said even before that kind of knocked it out of the park as well, because I do believe in the law of attraction and another spiritual teacher that I love, Teal Swan, calls it the law of mirroring. She thinks that's a better description for it. And so whatever's inside of you is going to be reflected in your reality. Right. And so... Right. Even if you have negativity inside of you, these are things that are going to have to come up to get worked through regardless. Mm -hmm, exactly. And it's going to come up, if it's not going to come up in tarot, it's going to come up somewhere else. Do you know what I right. mean? It doesn't right, really exactly. matter. I mean, it's it's so, actually already, already with just that one statement that you said, I'm kind of like, wow, okay. Yeah, and if you, if you do come face to face with, um, you know, some, some cards that you think, um, you know, maybe some of the higher end uh, swords cards or something like that, like, and, you know, it's not going to help you to throw them across the room and go hide under your bed. Like they're just, you know, they're cards. Like what, what is it that <laughs> you're, what is it that you're, that you're actually, what, where is the fear coming from? Is it because you don't, you're not recognizing maybe the negativity in yourself? Like, and or, when yeah. you, bring that to the surface, then you don't have to, um, like you said, you don't have to worry about it coming up somewhere else. You know, you're bringing it to the surface. You're getting it out of the way. That's so amazing. Wow. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, it's, yeah, that's, that's like a, a whole other, sorry, I'm like not even able to funnel my thoughts into words at this moment, but <laughs> that's like a whole other, um, level of clarity that I just got from that as well. So it's okay. like if you have it's almost like you could you you could use these as a tool for purging, I suppose as well. Yeah. Um, you know, not that that's necessarily the primary function, but you know, that's like just a bonus, I guess. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you can use the cards for lots of things like what what we were just what you had mentioned before, like um I mean, besides just using them to um kind of like open up your uh open up your subconscious mind about like things that maybe you're not being um, uh, honest with yourself about, you can also kind of like choose a card and um, decide that you're going to kind of like meditate on that card and really feel the energy of it and bring it into your day like that. Um, like what I was talking about with the Queen of Swords, I've conjured her a lot, wow. um, you know, in the day to day. Um, every once in a while, like if I need, if I, if I feel like I need like the queen of swords around, sometimes I'll just put her, you know, her picture up kind of like near my desk or, um, it, on my mirror or something at home. And, um, I kind of use it as like a, a reminder to tap into that energy consciously and to work with that right. energy consciously and to manifest mm -hmm. that energy or sorry, rather to express that energy in the best way that you can express it. Um, I like I like the word manifest. That, that okay, works. manifest. Yeah, <laughs> as well. Well, I often think you know, of course, with like the astrology is like, for example, me being an Aries, right? So that energy is neutral, but you can, and it's going to come through me. And so if I work with that consciously, I can do my best to try to um, manifest that or express that in its most positive form rather right. than having it run me um, and possibly expressing that in some more negative 
formed, which of course I'm, I'm alive, you know, I'm a human, I'm 33. So of course, you know, <laughs> I'm sure I've expressed <laughs> over my 33 years, I've expressed my Aries energy in some more negative um, manners as well as positive. So for you to look at, to tap into this archetype, for example, the Queen of Swords, Mm-hmm. And, and and consciously work with that energy is pretty powerful and pretty empowering. It is. And you can pick any card. I mean, like, I mean, there's, there's, um, the other queens are really great too. It depends on what your situation is. Um, you know, if, uh, if you're, if you're feeling really kind of um, down and sad and um, you need to kind of just feel nurtured, like the queen of cups is, is great for that. Um, Mm. or even like, you know, coming away from the Queens, I know I've been talking about them a lot, but, um, uh, you know, some of the major arcana cards, um, have, uh, have, you know, they, they're just so, um, they're just like powerful on their own that, you know, if you just, if you pick one of them. Uh, to kind of like go about your day and just kind of see where 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 its energy kind of pops up for you, um, you kind of bring your consciousness back to the synchronicity that exists in the cards um, by kind of being like, all right, well, you know, I picked this card this morning, and um, you know, this happened, and it relates to this card this way, mm-hmm. and you know, you're all that's doing is is just kind of like making it's it's forcing you to be to be conscious, um, of, of, of your day and, you know, um, and the things that you go about, (laughs) things that you're going about your day doing, um, most people don't spend a lot of time being conscious in their day, you know, like they're kind of like autopilot. Totally. Exactly. And it's like, like, again, you're just dealing when you're dealing with symbolism and Carolyn Mace, our other teacher that we love, she (laughs) says that life is symbolic. Like life is, right? But we don't, we're not thinking that, that way most of the time. So when you incorporate the cards, um, you're able to view your life symbolically. And right, right. Yeah, right. So, I mean, you've talked about, I, I love what you said when we spoke earlier about the cards being a window into the collective unconscious or subconscious yeah. right can we talk about that because that's just like a whole other yeah realm. yeah so all right so um so carl young was he was kind of like he was noticing a lot of his uh really psychotic patients um were describing to him uh explanations of because he was all about dreams he was all mm. about the study of dreams um, they would explain their dreams and hallucinations to him, and he kept finding all these symbols and archetypes that exist in myths and legends from like around the world. That like, I mean, these people could have never been exposed to. And he was kind of like, "Where are you getting this? And why? Why are you? Why do I keep finding that people?" Um, you know, this one over here has this one and this one over here has this hallucination or whatever. And they're very similar and they don't, you know, they don't interact with each other. Um, so he formed this idea about the collective unconscious, which is kind of what he thinks is the house 
for all the archetypes and symbols that kind of exist. And so um, basically he theorized that a pool of knowledge exists in every person and it connects us all. And he believed that we all innately know the secrets of the universe and that each and every one of us can access the collective unconscious for like inspiration or information um, whenever we, whenever we wish or um, whenever we're like, like, like you're a musician, like when you're uh, making music, you're tapping into that collective unconscious um, just through the creative process. Um, And so we're all continuously kind of contributing to this like growing pool of knowledge and memories. And um, when, when you, when you kind of, when you're using the cards, um, what they're doing is because of the image, because the images are all archetypes and symbols, they're kind of like, you know, they, they're opening up like that window into the collective unconscious through, um, you know, your, your intuition. So they're like a portal almost. Right. Right. And they they kind of get you there just the way that the creative process, um, for an artist or a musician gets them there. Or like a dream, right? Because you're kind of going through some space that isn't like rational, linear, mental. Yep. Dreams are definitely, um, one of the one of the portals into what what we call the collective unconscious. I mean, yeah. it's um, it's it's kind of like a it's it's sort of um like a big thing to wrap your mind around. But when um when I was um as I was growing up and learning about all these different things and um any I I would try to learn about everything and anything mystical I could get my hands on. You know, astrology, tarot, all these things. Um, I started to have answers for how and why to certain questions that adults couldn't give me. And then I would, you know, find that exact thought that I had later on in a book that I'd never read before. And I'd be like, what is this? What do you mean somebody else knew that? Like, how did they come (laughs) to this? I think, I think you've had... A podcast before with some, um, I can't remember who it was, but I think she was talking about this too. Um, like the aha moment of like, kind of just being like, wait, what just happened? Like why, um, like how, how did I, how did I come to this conclusion and, and, um, how, how did I, where did this enlightening, uh, feeling thought or whatever, how did it come to me? Right. It might've been Jamie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, might have been. but yeah spiritual ADD or something like that um or even the ayahuasca episode but yeah it's like these downloads that come yeah and so um so it's kind of like you're you're tapping into this collective unconscious and um using the cards as kind of like windows into that and um the the last thing that kind of like ties it all together is the theory of synchronicity mm. And, um, so with synchronicity, I mean, I'm sure you know all about synchronicity. It's, um, I've heard you talk about it, like, I think quite a few times. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think most people that are listening probably are familiar with the concept, but I'd still love to hear your take on. Yeah. Yeah. So synchronicities are like, they're patterns that repeat kind of like throughout your life, um, the word synchronicity, um, 
I believe it references um, like the gears or wheels of time. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's like, that's deep. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, when I was growing up, my dad would always be like, I'm putting, like my dad would always, something weird would happen to him, something really strange, like out of the blue, like, um, like either he would have deja vu or like um, he'd be talking about somebody and they'd, you know, even though they should be across the country there, they'd show up wherever he was and he'd be like, that's it. That's going in my list, you know? And I'd be like, what, what's your list? And he's like, coincidences, they're all around. And he like would tell me like that he had a list of all these coincidences that, that happened to him. So and I thought cute. that was, just, I thought it was just a quirky thing he did, but he was picking up on his synchronicities, you know, and yeah. he, he didn't realize that that's what he was doing, but, but he, he was. he knew that there was a significance to that too, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And he didn't, he didn't, I mean, he didn't, um, articulate on it quite the way that we do um you know he would just be like it's going on my list coincidences that's they have and that's a very simple way to put it um but uh these patterns that occur um they they're kind of like they're there to kind of like um bring your attention to like kind of like the interconnectedness of everything and to remind you like that everything isn't just so banal and <laughs> like, um, <clears throat> you know, science can't come close to uh, proving the theory of, of synchronicity. It's kind of more of a quantum physics right. sort of um, idea. Uh, but it's, you know, when, when synchronicities pop up in your life, it's you, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, why is my soul attracting this um, you know, this, my, my attention to this, uh, uh, like, what would you give me as like, maybe an example of, of synchronicity? Well, even for, this is like, probably like the lamest example I can give, but it's the first thing that's coming to me is, for example, when I was a kid, you know, there would be a word that I'd never heard before. I had like never mm-hmm. heard this word in my life. And somehow, I don't know how it had escaped me because everybody else seemed to know what it meant. And I can't even think of a word right now. But so I'd be like, okay, what does this word mean? And then literally within like 24 hours, I would hear that same word everywhere. But yeah, Yeah. before that day, I had never heard it in my 12 years of life or even in my Mm -hmm. 20 years of life. Like, for example, your blog spot um, address is mm-hmm. that would be the Tesenda at blogspot.com, right? So I uh-huh. was like, what's Tesenda? I bet you a million dollars I will hear that word within the week. Right, you right. Know, like I've never, never heard that before in my life. So that would just be one kind of mundane example, but you know. Um, no, it's not, it's not mundane at all. I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly what I was saying. Like you're you're paying attention to um, this coincidence and why do you think that is? And, you know, when when you find um, meaning in, in, in these coincidences, um, you're kind of, you know, it's kind of making you more consciously aware of, of like, your own, your own soul and how it's manifesting. And, um, and when you do that, you kind of raise your frequency a little bit each time. You know, like, um, uh, let me see. It's, I think that, um, I think that everybody has probably heard like the expression, there are no accidents. 
Right. And that's that's kind of like a um, a nod in the direction of of uh, the theory of synchronicity. And I think I mean I think it's true. Um, I think that um, all that we experience is kind of like it's kind of like by design, but not by you know some like God in the sky, but by our own design. Because what you right, give not your attention, right? What what you give your attention to grows, and um, the future is it's not it's not set, it's not static, it's not you know like there's no way to. Um, and this brings us back to the cards. There's no way to tell the future because. You know, yeah. you're, you're, um, it's unfolding as, as we speak. Okay. Yeah, actually. And this is a pretty big topic that for somehow, some reason it's not in my notes here, but yeah. So a lot of people, in fact, probably most people that use tarot, um, maybe not professionally, but that go for tarot readings, want to know what's going to happen in their future. And, um, so let's just establish the fact that you believe that you can't tell that it's not written in stone necessarily. Though I have seen people do some pretty astonishing predictions with the cards, um, (laughs) whether or not they're psychic. Um, And certainly I've found for me even just pulling cards, you know, um, it's kind of amazing how things will kind of play out. Although it's not not necessarily super... um, like this, speci- it's not that specific. It's more like, okay, this energy is present. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, so you're saying uh, no. that you don't think it's necessarily a predictive tool. No, but um, yeah, I wanted to speak more about that. Um, basically, so there's this quote, I think it was Andy Warhol. Uh, he said, life is just a series of events that change as they repeat themselves. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And um, I think about that quote all the time when I think about um, when, I'm, when I'm doing readings because uh, basically you're finding, you know, like, like we were talking about before, you're finding patterns in the story that's, that's laid out in the, um, in the reading and you're deciding with the, you know, the future cards, you're kind of deciding like, okay, do I want to, do I want to um, uh, come back to this and, um, you know, repeat a, a, an old pattern, or do I want to break it and do something else and move a different direct in a, a different direction? Right. Um, I know that there's a lot of different spreads. Like I think the like the Celtic cross spread has like a um, a um, advice uh, advice position, mm-hmm. and um, it also has like a future position and it's kind of like if you take the advice of, you know, if you take the advice card to heart, then that's what's going to happen in the future. Right. Or um, that's a likely way that things could play out based on the snapshot of the energy right now. Right. Right. But you, do you believe that you have the power um, to change that? Yeah. Once you, once you, um, and this is a Carl Jung quote. Um, let me see. Um, unless you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. Wow. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Wow. So so what you're doing with the cards is, um, and I feel like I've, I feel like I've kind of like, like I'm, like I'm kind of repeating myself. So 
um, stop me if I am, but like it's um, it's it's forcing you to look inward. It's forcing you to look at the patterns in your life. It's it's bringing your um, you know things that are in your uh, subconscious into the light, and it's changing you for the better, whether um, you know whether you know it or not, because you're you know you're now you're now focusing on what the next step is and um and you're you're kind of like you know you're you're seeing your own story unfold and you're you're you have the ability now to um turn it into a different direction if if you so choose right no that's not i think that's really actually a nice clarification um yeah it's it's just empowering you're looking at guidance and the more clarity you have the better you're able to move forward, right? So, right, yeah, it's just a really profound guidance tool. Um, wow, and you've worked yeah. with. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say you've worked with the Gestalt method a lot, um, and I know that's a big part of what you wanted to talk about. And so, what is that? Okay, so the Gestalt method is um, it's basically when you. Um, <laughs> Well, let me first start by saying that um, whenever I do card readings for my friends, I um, I never get my own card. I, I never get cards read for me because I'm always the one doing all the readings. Mm-hmm. So um, I eventually just was like, okay, I did your reading. Now I'm going to turn the tables. You do mine. And every time um, I did that, um, you know, whoever was was. Uh, whoever I was asking would just look at me with this like look of sheer terror. Like they'd just be like, what? No, I don't know how to do that. That's you know? amazing. Like it was like this, like mad, like it was some crazy thing that I was doing. And I was like, um, actually, uh, and I'd tell them, you know, you could use the Gestalt method, which is basically, um, not knowing what the meanings of the cards are and just looking at the pictures, just telling me what you think the picture means. And it could be, as silly as you want it to be. It could be as serious as you want it to be. Um, I have one friend that likes to tell super funny stories with the cards. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we still get some kind of, um, perspe- some kind of like helpful perspective out of even the funny, the funny stories that I he tells. Bet, I bet. God is in the humor too, right? So, right. Wow. Right. Ex- exactly. And, um, so when, when I started doing that, like, um, you know, at first, my friends were hesitant and then um, a few of them came around and, and some of them got really good at it and I actually like would prefer that method um, of a reading uh, every once in a while because like I then I too gain perspective um, maybe on a card that I didn't like maybe I, they see something I don't see you know because sure. I'm because I've read so much at this point it's like ah uh, like um, right. I um my my mind is clouded by all these um all the all this stuff that i've read already and uh you know all the decks are different all the books every book that you read is going to have a little bit of a different take on each card um the the meanings are not set in stone by any means um and when when you have a basic like understanding of the suits and maybe some of the symbolism and um, maybe like a uh, background in astrology doesn't hurt, you know, or numerology. Um, uh, all of those things plus the Gestalt method actually like can make your readings that much better. Oh my gosh, I have no doubt. I mean, even when I was first starting to get interested in 
tarot when I was a teenager, you know, and I had these books. And when I was in college, I had these books, you know. And they would all say, don't read any of the meanings yet. Like, go through each card and journal mm-hmm. what you think, what you see in the card. And actually, like, literally every book told me to do that. So mm-hmm. it's really amazing advice. Um, I guess I just, I don't know was lucky that those are the happened to be the books that I picked up. And I actually, of course, was like way too lazy to do that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I didn't do it. But I see the value in that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's um, the funny thing is, too, that um, uh, all the all the books told you to do that. And like, um, <clears throat> I remember the books telling me to do that. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, I have this perfectionist mindset. Like, I have to memorize all the meanings of each one of the cards. Yeah, I got to do it, you know, and there's just so many cards and they can fall in so many different ways. And, um, you know, when one card's next to another card, it can completely change that card's meaning. Um, You know, like it's not always going to be uh, what the book says it is on its own. Right. I mean, you're putting together... um if you look at even if you just do like a three card spread where you've got past present and future you know you're Mm -hmm. looking at a story unfolding and so yeah definitely that makes sense and I actually am not highly skilled in that at all (laughs) um I I do very informal readings for myself I don't know how to do the Celtic cross spread which is much more detailed and involved and honestly I don't like that spread no, um, that's not just, a fan, huh? No, that's the spread that a lot of people use when they're like learning um, how to how to read cards. And I don't know why, because it's such a big, long, it takes such a long time to do a Celtic cross spread. Like you better commit yourself to sit down for a little <laughs> while. Um, it's, I mean, uh, yeah. I actually, um, uh, I, have, I have a book here that is very helpful. It's called Classic Tarot Spreads by Sandor Conrad. Mm. And um, it, they, she just kind of like talks about all the different spreads. There's even one that I was looking at earlier that I was thinking of you for, and I'll send it to you. It's yeah, um, it's called the hor- it's the horoscope spread. <gasps> I've heard about I've heard of this. Yeah, so it's um it's like the you pull a card for each of the twelve houses of the zodiac, and you put yourself in the center. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you kind of go each month, um, and I guess I guess it's like it goes. Um, for a whole year it's like a a year reading and each card is a house you know and um, but that's awesome yeah anyways I'll send I'll send you this but um, yeah I mean even Carolyn Mace actually who as far as I know I've never heard her speak about tarot but she does um, she does something similar with archetypes that um, you know she'll cast she'll cast like a wheel like a 12 with the 12 houses and she intuitively was guided to that and didn't Mm -hmm. realize until after when she drew it out and looked at it she's like oh my god that's the zodiac wheel it's 12 houses and she and so that's just another example of tapping into the collective unconscious you know it's like right exactly popping up in multiple places and she tapped into this thing that was like already a universal archetypal thing um, and mm-hmm. so she's got her own method of, of divination, I suppose, um, or um, looking for clarity and guidance using mm-hmm. our archetypes and this kind of, it's like a spread, it's a reading, 
you know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's great. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, but the um, coming back to just the um, the spreads, I made my own. Yeah. Like, after a while, I was just kind of like, um, you know, I, the three cards were just really, you know, too simple and the, um, the Celtic cross is too big. And um, some of the other ones I looked at were just kind of like, all right, well, this is cool. But like, um, this is what I want to find out. Like, I want to find I want to find out um, about like how my recent past is affecting my near like my near future um, possibilities and um, like how they all kind of uh, uh, like the, like what I was saying before about the patterns that repeat themselves. Um, so my spread starts with one in the center and it kind of goes in like a half circle, uh, around that one center card. And there's oh, six cards, it. there's six cards in the spread and it starts and ends on the same card. So you read the first card in the center and then you go to, um, the card to the immediate left, the one above it, the one on top. And then um, they come down again, and then you go back to the original card, and you say like, "All right, well, how does, you know, how does this story come back around to the beginning?" Wow! So it's like a wheel again, right? Mm-hmm. That we see yeah. the same thing. Exactly, that's and awesome. that's that's kind of like how I, um, I mean, and I'm probably people have been using the cards for so long. I I just I just realized that I said that I made that spread up. Um, I would not be surprised if it's in a book and that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly how they do it too. I just, I, I didn't read it anywhere. It's just, that's the one that came to me. Right. I think that's amazing. <laughs> and it's a profound point that you make because even like, you know, the last podcast I was talking to a New York city, witch, Kat Cabral, and we were talking about how these different spiritual practices have to be, um, well, they don't have to be, but well, they kind of do have to be very individual. She said, I think they should be individual and, and, and whether or not you consider reading tarot a spiritual practice, I mean, for me, I do consider it to be. I do. Yeah, I love that you have something individual. Who says you've got to do something from a book? I mean, really, like you're connecting probably that much more deeply mm-hmm. with something that you create, and you're probably going to understand it better because you created it. Right, and it's um, it. I mean, I wouldn't say always use the Gestalt method. I would say like definitely see what other people have um, uh, come up with for for meanings to the cards. Definitely read as much as you possibly can. You know, like it's it's only going to make your readings better. Um, the Gestalt method is just something I use to kind of like de- you know um, to take away the anxiety of of getting started with them. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, and that's actually a good point because I remember going to a course once, um, maybe two years ago, and I had been, you know, reading and I would always get the emperor and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, what is this about? Right. And I know he's Mm -hmm. tied to Aries, but I didn't feel like it was representing me. Um, cause I was actually feeling quite disempowered at that point in my life. And then I went to this course, you know, And this lady was like, you know, I often see this card come up when women are with men who are really um, authoritarian and like, yep, you know, um, he's the patriarch. Yeah. And who are not, it's like their way and you can't do it, you know? And I was like, isn't that interesting? (laughs) And that was what was happening. It, Um, It was at the time. And which is really also funny because that's not a pattern for me other relationships I've been in in my life weren't like that, but this one was. Um, and so, but I didn't, would never have come to that on my own. And I didn't, and I 
didn't see that same interpretation in any book either. But when this woman said that, I was like, bingo. So anyway, that was interesting. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I like that. I actually like <laughs> Vampire Card. Um, he's, he's, he's an all right guy as a father figure, but yeah, no, definitely don't date him. <laughs> well, I think it depends. You know, you can express that energy um, in a good way, or you can express, it can be an oppressive energy as well. It just depends, right. really. Um, but I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to say about the Gestalt method or about reading. Um, I think we should pull a card. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, go right ahead. Uh, pull it, and I'm gonna. I'm going to pull it up on um, just like the internet over yeah, here. Yeah, sure. Where I am, just so I can see the picture. Um, so just so you guys know, um, I am using the Morgan Greer Tarot, um, and Katie had said, actually, this is a really brilliant idea. If you're gonna do a simple reading, just a one card, just pull one card. It's often a good idea to just from the major arcana because then you're sort of getting the big picture right away you're just kind of going right to the meat <laughs> of the right, issue right. and I'm like wow I never thought of doing that before I love this I'm learning so much so I did <laughs> separate the major arcana out I've shuffled them I'm going to shuffle them some more and I am going to ask right now that this whatever guidance comes through be for blessings for all of us and hopefully that everyone will you know, take something from it, whatever they want, and then it will just be all, all for good, all goodness, all good stuff. So I'm shuffling right now. And okay, this one, this one wants to come and I, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. What is it? <laughs> take a wild guess. Is it the emperor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even make this stuff up. And no. I almost didn't pull it. I was like, is this the one that wants to come? And I, I was like, <laughs> no, maybe I'll pick the other one. And then I'm like, no, I should go with my first instinct. So I took it. <laughs> All right then. So it doesn't really matter if you you know, if you Google the rider or rather the Morgan Greer deck specifically, we can use the rider weight traditional symbolism. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If you, which one, which one do you have pulled up? Um, I was going to look at the picture, but you know, I just, because I was just already thinking of the emperor before I kind of, um, I think I'll go with what I was, um, I what my, <laughs> what direction my thought process is yeah, already being pulled Yeah, go for up. it. Um, so if you, if you want to talk about the emperor in a positive light and, um, <laughs> you're, you're, I know that you I'm do. I'm sorry. Because... <laughs> I'm just like so floored right now. I'm like, holy shit. I know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so there's always going to be like, all right. So with the emperor, you kind of have to think about how there's always going to be some form of authority in your life. Um, uh, that kind of, um, enforces like guidelines and restrictions and um you know uh like I was saying before he's very father-like um he is somebody who um gives you structure and um you know structure to (laughs) yeah yeah uh he I think that I think that his energy kind of says like all right well you know uh, if he comes up in a reading or if he comes up in your one card reading, um, he's kind of saying like, um, this is a time probably for you to um, create some 
some structure in your own life and look look for where where you're kind of you know maybe deviating from your path and find ways to get that back into um, a productive um, <clears throat> kind of get you know bring it back to being on your on your productive path using you know structure um, and uh, like guidelines for yourself to live by. Like he's he's the guy that makes the rules, right? You know, <clears throat> right? Yes. So. Oh, okay, there you go. He's the guy that makes the rules. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I was experiencing it in a negative light before, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because of the situation I was in. But now I like this because actually this is quite relevant for me in particular, and hopefully every person out there can take what they you know, the, their own significance of this. But, you know, I'm in a place right now where I am trying to build some new structure in my life um, and kind of cl clean up a little bit and, you know, build a new solid foundation. So everything that you're saying makes sense, even just astrologically what's going on in the sky right now with mm -hmm. this pileup of planets in Virgo. <laughs> right? So I'm like right. just trying to basically get things done. But um, the emperor as well... I'm looking at this card and I see an eagle um, and I also see on his chair and I'm not looking at the Rider Waite, I'm looking at the Morgan Greer, which is a slightly different image, but this emperor um, on his chair, there are ram's horns, which are Aries, which I'm a double Aries. So I see in this sense, like for me, the way I feel right now intuitively is that this is representing me and not somebody else. Mm -hmm. And for a way for me to claim my own authority and mm -hmm. to build my own stuff and make my own rules, but, you know, in a responsible way, being responsible. Being responsible is, yeah, that's, that's basically this card in a nutshell almost. It's kind of like, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, as adults, we forget to, um, parent ourselves <laughs> like you know like you yeah. you have to um you have to be good about your money you have to um make sure you're taking care of yourself health wise you have to um you know get into healthy habits uh force yourself to go to the gym things like that like that's that's what the emperor is kind of like being kind a of, grown up <laughs> yeah when you're when you're taking that energy on for yourself you're kind of like this is saying like all right you know be an adult <laughs> yeah which we all have to do sometimes unfortunately it's like couldn't be more relevant to me right now um does this have any sort of particular significance for you right now um actually I was going to say I right literally right before um I started this podcast with you I was um you know I was I was at work but I was also kind of like you know chatting with my friends on online and um a friend of mine was was talking about how like uh, he's been feeling really down and um, I was like well let's maybe we could like be each other's buddies and get each other on like a health a health kick you know and like kind of like hold each other accountable for that mm -hmm. and so um, like I was literally just talking about making um, promises to uh, get you know myself in line in some way <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that, it's funny. <laughs> that is funny yeah, yeah. Well, then I guess there you have it. And Saturn is in Sagittarius right now. It went back into Sagittarius a little while ago, actually, but like maybe a month ago or mm -hmm. um, ish. I don't know. Did you know that or? Um, I did, I think. Um, 
I felt it. Whew. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's big for you over the next two and a half years from an astrological standpoint is a restructuring. Um, and it's a slow build. It's from the ground I'm up. I'm so tired of restructuring. I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read more about that. I actually, um, I think I wrote like a long blog post when I um, – when I turned 30 about like the return of Saturn and I was kind of like learning a lot about Saturn, but, um, I'm going to have to look into the whole Sagittarius, um, Saturn, Sagittarius thing, because that's really interesting. Yes. You had your Saturn return already, but it depends. And also depends on what house your sun is in. I haven't seen your chart, but for all of us, this is a restructuring in some part of our lives. But I think particularly if you are a Sagittarius, then that's, you know, um, but I digress. This is, you know, we're, that's just <laughs> astrology, right? But anyway, it's just interesting because I saw the archetypal parallel there as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't matter where you look, you're going to get the same symbolism. I think you can look at tea leaves, you can look at clouds in the sky, and mm-hmm. um, you can look at an astrological chart or or tarot cards and somehow the great mystery, the force, God, I don't know, is going to communicate to you through your higher self or your mind or the collective unconscious or whatever. It, like, I don't know. I mean, I, you're going to see the same thing wherever you look. Right, right. So. Because, I mean, um, what you give your attention to grows. And when you're um, when you're being conscious um, of, like, the, like, I, like I was talking about, like the synchronicities and things like that, and, um, you know, you're... Uh, you're opening up your intuition and um, you'll see that you'll, you know, I don't claim to be psychic, but everybody has the ability to um, have kind of like uh, some sort of psychic ability. Yeah, you we're know. all intuitive. Mm-hmm, intuitive. And you're, you'll, you'll be surprised at how, you know, how much your intuition will open up with using cards or any other method of divination, actually. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, is there anything else that you that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you want people to know about tarot? Um, let me think. I don't think so. Um, I feel like I feel like we had this outline, and then I just kind of like jumped into Carl Jung, and then no, out, I did it. I'm Young. the worst <laughs> culprit for that. I'm sorry. I was just like, we're going over here now. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I mean, that's kind of how these things unfold with me anyway. I'm not necessarily super linear. I'm sorry. Um, oh, no, not, not yeah. at all. Um, I just hope that um, when I when I go back and listen to this, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, I, w- I hope I wasn't just like. <laughs> no, like, you're totally fine. Anyway, this is very informal, right? So anybody that's listening is, they're cool. They're nice to us. They don't mind. This is just yeah. a conversation, right? So right. we don't have to be all fancy pants. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and um, I, I couldn't have asked for a better um, interviewer (laughs) to do my very first podcast with. (laughs) Well, listen. So maybe you'll have to have your own podcast. You have a blog, and I'll just tell people again where they can find it. So Mm -hmm. that would be the Tacenda, and that's T A C E N D A for Tacenda at blogspot.com. This is Katie Ciccolini. Um, She doesn't read tarot right now for other people unless they're friends right you're not doing um, that I'll, I'll do readings but I'm not going to accept money for it like I just okay. I don't want to um like I'll I'll trade for something that would be that's cool that's nice there's an energy exchange as well I mm-hmm. think you know you had a bad experience that we didn't get a chance to get into about you know reading and having someone try to 
be pushy and tell you to pretend you were psychic and all this other yeah. stuff. So I see, I see where, why you are where you are with that right now. <laughs> yep, definitely. And I, like I said, like I, I, I wouldn't mind a trade. Like if, um, I don't know, like bake me a cake or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you and I can get a little astro tarot trade thing happening, even though you seem to be up and up on your astrology as well. No, no, not as much so. as I'd like to be. And I would absolutely, I would love that. I that would love that too. Thing. Oh my gosh. We're yeah. going to book it. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, well, before we go then, based on everything that you've experienced in your life so far, and this is always the everyday secret question, um, like you have experienced a lot of things in your life so far you've been through a major illness you've healed yourself you've been working with tarot for a very long time um I'm I don't know why you have sort of a Scorpio vibe to me but maybe that's just because I met you through Jess and Lindsay and they're both Scorpios that would be why it is why yeah that's why I'm like (laughs) there was so much Scorpio at that time like so much Scorpio energy but um anyway um I would love to know if you had a message for the world, what that would be, because we all have some wisdom to share. Um, for me, I would I would say like that everything the the idea of interconnectedness is a real thing, and um, the more you look for it, the more you'll find it in everything, mm-hmm. and it it'll it really does it blows your mind when when you come across it and. Um, I love I love the name of your uh, podcast because I literally feel like I am an everyday seeker. Um, oh yeah, and you know, yeah. and it it was just that was it really really spoke to me the um, <clears throat> the name of your blog. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> great. That I think we all are. You know, even if yeah. you're not necessarily consciously on a spiritual path, life is a spiritual path, whether or not you are doing it. You know, looking for looking for spiritual salvation or understanding or not. You're gaining wisdom, you're gaining knowledge, and ultimately we're all looking for meaning and we're all looking for happiness. And, you know, we're all just everyday people. It doesn't matter It doesn't matter how fancy you want to get or how many designer clothes you want to put on or how much recognition or public status you gain. You know, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> what was the... I can't believe I'm going to say this. This is, like, so unsexy <laughs> to say, but... What was that thing? I think Oprah says she's like, everybody poops or everybody. It's like, so I can't believe I just said that on my podcast. But, you know, everybody's just like a normal human, right? We're all just people. So (laughs) I'm going to kick myself for saying that later. But, (laughs) but yeah. So, Um, everyday seeker. Yeah. So, thank you so much uh, for having me on Everyday Seeker. I couldn't have asked for a better host and a better uh, podcast to um, talk on. Oh, you're so wonderful. Thank you so much. I couldn't have asked for a more insightful tarot uh, tarot seeker. So people, you can find Katie Ciccolini at that would be the Descenda at blogspot.com. And you can find me and all of our seekers, everybody that's been on here. You can find us on everydayseeker.net as well. And we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Say what's up, connect with us. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Enjoy Scorpio times. Um, get yourself a deck of tarot if you don't have one and and start to play around. Um, and one last thing, because I feel like this is something I forgot, but I even though I'm signing off now, I'm just going to say it. Um, Katie does recommend meditating with these images um, and with these archetypes. Is there a particular meditation that you have 
found that you like that you can recommend for people? Um, you know, I would just say that like any way that, I mean, everyone, everyone meditates in a different way, whatever is the most, um, (laughs) helpful way for you to meditate. I would just take a card and like, um, you know, try to find its energy inside yourself in some way. And that's how I meditate with the cards. I I did mention that actually earlier. Yeah, you did. I just wanted to touch back in on it because I feel like that's like a really, really big thing. Um, so yeah. Thank you. Awesome. So draw a card. I'm going to draw a card. I'm going to meditate on the emperor. (laughs) That's a good idea. I think I'll do the same later because he doesn't get enough credit for being pretty great, especially when you need to get yourself back in line. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Okay, Katie, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. And thanks, um, everyone, for joining us. And have an awesome, have an awesome week. We'll speak with you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.